when the burnout really started setting in, I discovered meditation and it was a game changer. I had to go to my boss and say, I need 15 minutes every day because we would mostly eat lunch like at our desk anyway. For me, it was life changing. But for like the company, why, why would they care? But it was hard. Thankfully, I had a space to do it, to close the door and lock it so people wouldn't even try to come in. To ask for 15 minutes was like pulling teeth, you know, and thankfully it was it was well accepted for the most part. But every day you still cringe. No one else had asked for it and no one else was sticking up for themselves. But I'm going to do this because I know I have to take a break and close my eyes for 15 minutes and meditate. Welcome, friends. You're listening to The Hook with Sarah Larson, a podcast that's curious about disruption and how it affects our personal lives, our careers, and the people around us. I'm your host, Sarah Larson, a business coach and serial entrepreneur, but also someone who truly enjoys deep conversations. In this episode, you'll hear my conversation with Anna Durkin, owner of Seek Wild Travel, who shared her journey from the tourism industry to creating her own successful business. She hustled in jobs that didn't align with her values and faced toxic work environments where she had to advocate for herself to get breaks for pumping milk after returning from maternity leave. And if you think her older female colleagues supported her, you may be surprised to learn that they were more likely to say, I never got any special treatment, than it's about time or good for you. Anna broke free from this cycle, took leaps of faith, and started her own business. She prioritizes self-care, believes in the power of napping, staying active, and following her passion for travel. She's discovering that taking care of herself fuels her success in business and allows her to create transformative retreat experiences for others. So if you're tired of the hustle and craving more fulfillment, continue listening to hear Anna's inspiring story and tips for finding your own path to success. Remember, taking care of yourself is a business task, and even more important, if you are the owner and sole employee of your business. If you've listened to any of my episodes in the past couple of months, you've heard me invite you to my Breakfast Blend Plan With Me sessions on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern. These sessions have become so much more than planning. They are an opportunity for everyone to celebrate your wins, share what's coming up that you're excited about, and what challenges you're facing. The support and feedback is really powerful. Beyond that, it's a great place to network and find collaborations. So if you haven't already signed up, you can find the link to register in the show notes. Don't forget, this is a come-as-you-are event. We're leaving judgment at the door, so bedhead and PJs are welcome. Whether you're curious about starting a business, just beginning your journey as a business owner, or are a veteran entrepreneur, this podcast is an opportunity to learn from the experience of my guests. I hope you'll find as much inspiration from them as I have. Let's begin. Welcome to The Hook with Sarah Larson. I'm your host, Sarah Larson, and I'm really excited about today's guest. I have Anna Durkin with Seek Wild Travel, and she's going to tell us now what she does. Anna, welcome, and will you give us some background? Yeah, so I am a cultural and wellness travel and retreat planner. Retreats are really my sweet spot. And I love facilitating um, retreats in the United States and Europe. And it's all about coming together in sisterhood, rediscovery, and cultivating abundance. So just allowing those special experiences to happen. It's just such an honor to be able to organize um, things like that for people. 
I'm sure. That sounds magical. I'm excited about our conversation. Yes, me too. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I like to start going way back. Just give us a little background on where'd you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up in Virginia in the beautiful Shenandoah Valley um, near Shenandoah National Park. It's just a very charming countryside upbringing, playing in the woods. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, very, very fun, small town living. Yeah. That's great. What was it like growing up there? And, and where are you now? Now I live in Montana near Glacier National Park. Um, and I, I love Virginia. It still has my heart, but um, I was ready just for new scenery, new change of like different kind of pace here. There's just so much outdoor like activities and lifestyle. So I love it. I love being here. Um, my family and I live here. I have two, two kids, my husband, but something that is similar is at least we're what the experience I had growing up as a child is um, we spent a lot of time outside growing mm -hmm. up and that has influenced me as a person and as a parent. And I think that actually is what my love of the outdoors came from. And so almost brought me to Montana because of that, because there's even more of that opportunity here. That's a part of the country that I've not spent any time in, but I hear it's beautiful and getting away yeah. from that really busy city urban right. lifestyle right exactly and um there really is like at least where i am it's like very like small town living montana has an independence kind of uh vibe to it just like the yeah. wild west you know um and that still holds true today so it, it's just it, it's a very different dynamic than i feel like a lot of the rest of the country um and in a way like we kind of are in a bubble so we can, we can kind of shut the rest of the world out and like, it doesn't really affect like our day to day. Um, not that it's good to always be disconnected, but there's some peace in that, um, yeah. that you can be a little more like clear headed because you're not feel like there's always so much noise, but at the same time, there's so many people moving here that it's, it's become a very popular place to be. Yeah. I get that feeling is that more people are finding out that it's, it's yeah. sort of more Zen than some other areas and they want to yeah. be a part of it. So where did you go from Virginia? Did you go to college here? So I, um, went to school up in Pennsylvania. So, okay. um, I am a lifetime runner. And so I went to a D2 school ran uh, cross country and indoor and outdoor track. And then also had the perfect blend of what I wanted to major in, which was hospitality and tourism. So, um, right now what I'm doing is just so in line with, you know, what I even wanted to do at age 19, 18, you know, years old, um, which I find to be pretty incredible because for anyone to have to pick what they're doing the rest of your life, um, as a kid basically is kind of insane, but I am just so happy that my path is just, my passion has always been in travel um, and just very special experiences. And that's rooted in growing up in Virginia where there's a lot of history. So there's a lot of things to do just like day trips. Um, so you get that sense of um, there being like that past and there's, there's a lot of things to see and do, um, there. So yeah, my love for travel and then went to school and ran that whole time that I was there, which was such a pleasure to do that. Um, and it also was a small Catholic school and there was just 
very special small class sizes, you know, that kind of vibe. And um, just, yeah, another really special part of my life. Then as soon as I graduated within two days a day, the next day, um, I took a flight to Montana to work for the summer in Glacier National Park. So that's where I got hooked on Montana. I knew nothing about Montana. I knew nothing about Glacier. And I spent the summer doing a seasonal job and then came back to um, the DC area, actually, and just started right into, I'm going to be in the city (laughs) and doing all those things. And then my heart was like, uh, this isn't like a long-term place for me. Um, And then that's how I uh, decided to move permanently to Montana. Wow. So what was the experience? Obviously, I think that I kind of grew up in a little more rural, not super rural, but not a city by any stretch. And I always wanted to live in New York City. So when, (laughs) so when I hear that you moved to the DC area, and what was that like compared to where you grew up in Virginia. I'm, I live in Williamsburg, Virginia, so I'm a little familiar with the Shenandoah area, but I'm sure that that was a big change. Was that just something that you had dreamed of doing coming from a small town? Yeah, I, I grew up in, in Winchester and it's all, it's only really an hour from the DC area, but it's like totally different kind of vibe, right? It's like this historic area. Um, apple, you know, orchards everywhere. Apples were a really big thing. Um, and so it was very different now though, it's starting to merge. So like the Northern Virginia city area is now turning into sprawling, right? Right. So there's less of like, you go from like small town and then you drive through the countryside and then you get to the city. Now it's like kind of turning into all into one, but I have to say being in the city as someone in their twenties, was fantastic it was so much fun there was always things to do um and you just felt really alive because of that dc is a very unique place it's not like any other city it's it's the you know the capital of our country so it's very international um and so there was always lots to see lots to do um and it for you know for my experience it was just such a great time for me to thrive um, and, you know, I worked right in the city and then eventually I was commuting outside the city. So I was purposely living like in the city because I wanted the lifestyle of that. Right. Um, and then eventually though, I was like, this isn't really my cup of tea. I can't, it was very much keep, keep up with the Joneses kind of attitude. And, yeah. you know, if you're not a politician or like a tech person, <laughs> you can't <laughs> afford it, you know, so it just becomes reality after a while. And, um, my, I, I met, that's where I met my husband was working in a regional park outside of the city. And, um, you know, he's a parks and rec guy. And then I was this travel person. And so for us to be like in the Northern Virginia DC area, it kind of didn't make sense anymore for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when we like, we literally took a leap of faith and he moved to Montana site unseen. So, um, you can just imagine he grew up in like suburbia and so montana is so far you know different from that um and the community here is just so like welcoming 
that I think I'm never going to get him out of here. <laughs> We're here for a long time. <laughs> You're here. Okay. That's really yeah. great. But did you suggest that you guys go to Montana from your experience? Yeah. Oh Was yeah. That it? Yeah. I, I just had such a great summer when I had come and, um, it was just so like beautiful and mesmerizing. And I mean, that's how, you know, it's portrayed in movies and, and books and things like that, because it really is. Um, and yeah, it was just me being like, let's just like go for it. I found a job and he found one once he got here and it just works itself out. So it's, it was taking that leap of faith though, um, that allows more leaps of faith to happen. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. A couple things come to mind that I want to ask. One is when you moved to Montana, what was that initial leap of faith like? You took a job, he moved sight unseen. I love to talk about disruption. That's a that's a pretty big one. Moving moving states is is yeah. pretty big. <laughs> How long were you married before you went there? So we were not married. And so that was really, that was really disrupting. Um, You know, (laughs) people weren't so like, really, you're going to do this. And um, I knew he was going to be the one. So I wasn't like overly concerned. Um, But yes, that was a big leap of faith. I had never done anything like that with anyone. And uh, soon after we were there, we were engaged and then got married. So um, yeah, it was one of those things that you kind of, you just realize that there's more out there. And I truly believe like a change in scenery can really change things up. Um, And, you know, that being said though, I kind of then was in that mentality of the hustle of where I was in my life, as far as I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want to be on like the timeline, right? Like I want to fit in with the perfect timeline And so I was still on that track, even though I knew I wanted to be inspired in Montana and live a different lifestyle. It took me a long time until recently. (laughs) I mean, we've been here seven and a half years and really like, I realized I dove right back into the same lifestyle I had of trying to keep up, right. Trying to follow the crowd. And what really came to me recently or after having kids and having infants and being just overwhelmed by, by being a working parent, um, I realized I was like, I didn't move to Montana to be in the hustle. <laughs> like I moved here for a different purpose and reason to live more intentionally. And so that's what's inspired me to create the business that I have now um, so that my lifestyle is aligning with my work. I love that. So what was it that you were doing previously? What, what type of business were you in that, where you were still so, hustling? Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, initially moved and I was working in the industry in the tourism industry, um, yeah. here and then, but it was, you know, one of those things like it's a nine month job. Like, well, how am I going to make that? You know, how do you find the gap of time that you need to still get money, you know? Um, and so I was like, "Ah, that's not really long-term. And, and then I worked for something that was related to running. Cause I was like, Oh, I love, I love running. And I really would love to foster that. But you also realize like certain environments that you're working in aren't ready for, or not ready for you, but also not right for you. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was, I feel like I kept landing in that same, um, kind of model of business of, the man was the boss, the man was the, the one, you know, leading the show. 
And um, after a while, that became not okay <laughs> with me. And just because it didn't feel like right. So, you know, what's interesting and what led to a lot of my own discovery was I knew I was in a bad situation and I had just had my first child. And within on maternity leave, I quit my job because I knew it was so toxic. I couldn't go back to it. And I had to find another job while recovering from an unplanned C-section and, you know, and you're just hustling and, and there was no, there was no break and you're nursing all, you know, 24 seven and it's just insane. And so I, I've landed in a job that was outside the industry, um, which was great for, for a while, um, and it, it kind of saved me at that time. And I, I did that for a while. And then I, I realized though, I was like, this is just the hustle again. And I'm same thing, male leadership. Um, and I just not the thriving, innovative environment that I wanted to be in. Um, and so it just comes up over and over. You see the same like pattern and you're like, okay, we yes. got to break this cycle. Um, and it just, I had always thought, well, to break it, I think is to fully change everything and to go out on my own and do my own thing. Um, doesn't mean I won't necessarily go work for someone maybe in the future, but now that I even have a taste of, you know, this, it's like, you know, the creativity is flowing, the inspiration is flowing. And, um, you really have to remind yourself though, like I moved to Montana, right? So it's like, you took those, those leaps of faith. And now here I am, uh, taking another leap of faith. I love that you recognize that that was the cycle of just going back to that hustle to the man in charge and running the show at the hustle pace. I think that is pretty common. Was there ever a time for you before you started this business that you had thought about being an entrepreneur? Was that something that you'd always thought about? I think deep down, yes. <laughs> I okay. think I always thought that there's no reason that you can't do what everyone, you know, it, yeah. there's a million people out there starting their own thing. But if you think about it, every business is owned by someone, right? So everything out there is someone else. Um, and I think what it really boils down to is not only just like having your own schedule. Yes. I love that. And, but there's some freedom in being able to be you and be authentically you and all the other times I've always had to show up because someone else wanted me to show up that way um, and conform to what they wanted me to be um, because that's how you were going to get your paycheck. <laughs> and yeah. now it's like, no, let's, let's be me and make money and thrive um, inspire others and, you know, be the leader that I want to be as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it, one of those things, I think it's always been like deep down, um, that I wanted to do it, but it's so outside the norm, you know, for most people, um, that it's still a small percentage. I feel like of women who are going out and like completely doing their own thing. Um, but you, there comes a point that, I literally knew just because of what I'd gone through, through the stress of basically full on burnout. Like that's, I had to, I had to basically, I burned myself down <laughs> and now I've completely rebuilt myself and it became almost like you don't have a choice. You have to make a radical change or this isn't going to end well. 
what was that like? What made you finally say, this is it, I'm done. I've got to do my own thing. I think, yeah, I, I think the realization was I was doing so many things to take care of myself. Like I really dug myself out of the hole and it still wasn't right. You know, I was doing, I really was embodying what, how I wanted to be, but because I had to show up and be around other people that I felt weren't passionate about what they were doing. And the idea of not showing up every day, feeling passionate, I was like, this is just, I can't, I can't do that. Um, and then to also just fully show up as me, um, you know, having your own company, your own business, um, it does allow you to fit in like the other things that make you thrive and then therefore make you a great at what you do. So, um, I, I realized I didn't have time. I wasn't outside enough. That was a really, that's a really big thing for me being outside, being in the sun. Um, it, what really finally was like, I would be sitting in my office at work and not every day needs to be an eight or 10 hour day. And that's what's so frustrating is that so many businesses are built on this idea that they want people in their seats. And it's like, not every day is like that. Some days, some weeks too. Yes, I might work more and more, but then other days are not. And so I started just to realize that pattern too of like, why am I sitting here? <laughs> like what? I could really be contributing a lot more to society by taking care of myself, taking care of my family, being home more. Um and then create this business that allows other people to thrive. To your point of being in a seat for eight hours, it's really challenging. And it's a mindset that I hope that the pandemic helped to sort of break that cycle a little bit with having so many people working from home. Um, Entrepreneurs are also breaking that cycle because we're learning that yeah, you may need to work a little bit more during certain times, but not every day. And there are things that we need to do to take care of ourselves so that we can show up in our businesses in the best way possible. So uh, yeah, I, I just recently actually started a corporate job to supplement my self-employment and I've been an entrepreneur for years. I've started many businesses, but an opportunity showed up <laughs> in my world that I just went, okay, this is it. But it, it works for me because I'm aligned with what the mission is and I'm working remotely. And the message that I'm receiving is, is get the work done. Is, as long as right. the work is done, it doesn't, we don't, you don't have to be in your seat eight hours a day. So it's, it's nice to have that message received that I'm val- valued for what I can contribute. And I tend to get things done quickly anyway, so <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I know. And that's, that's exactly it. That's why I say, who knows what the future will hold um, because so many companies are changing and shifting, um, but there still just needs to be a lot more a lot more of the shifting. Um, and then, you know, another big part of it is like lack of maternity leave, um, for so many people and, um, like fully actually leave. And, and that's, that's a really big thing that we have to figure out as a society, because if the family isn't thriving, society's not thriving. 
So it's all interconnected. And I think if more businesses realize that, um, it would make a huge impact <laughs> um, on our on our world. That's something that really needs to be adjusted in some some way. And I think what it is though, the working from home um, does help that. Um, but well, you know, does, when you work for a small company, you don't have any care. You don't have you don't have real leave. Um, and so, yeah, there needs to be some some shift in in that. <laughs> yeah, and and I'll be honest, I. In a business that my husband and I ran, he owned and I and I I was helping him run it. We were a small business and we didn't have any women that needed maternity leave, but we had men who had wives that were having children. And we as a business weren't able to offer them much time off, which right. you know, looking back, it's difficult because I don't have kids. And so for me, that wasn't a priority. Our priority, I was still in hustle mode at that point. And so our priority was growing our business and making sure that we stayed in business. And we had 20 employees and we needed to make sure that they kept their paychecks. Right. So, yeah. So it's really a difficult balance for a small business, especially. I'm curious to see I don't know if you know anything about this, but I'm wondering if I feel like some of the bigger businesses that can sort of shuffle people a little bit and kind of cover um, if they're allowing a little more. I know I've heard of businesses that have paternity leave in addition to maternity leave, and it feels like letting those employees have full time away with their families is really important. Right. And it's, it's so interesting too, because I mean, some of the the things I have, I've heard are, you know, you literally go from being in an, in a meeting at five o'clock in the afternoon to the next day, like I had a scheduled induction for my second. And I, I literally was there after five o'clock. The day before <laughs> your child was six o'clock appointment the next day. And, and that's what I mean by like male leadership, who's just so clueless <laughs> yeah. because honestly, like at least half day, like at least real, like he did it. Yeah. What, and yes, I could have asked, I'm sure. Um, but it was one of those things that like, there's just so, so many people that are like really clueless and, oh, what's the big deal? It's her second kid. Can't she just come right back? Right. No. No, and it's not a vacation. <laughs> like it, in right. no way, shape, or form is it a vacation. So you know, and, and if people actually knew, I mean, husbands that have kids and stuff, they know. Like your body is literally healing. You're nursing a, a baby twenty four seven. You have no sleep. If you have other kids, you're taken care of. If you're a single parent, you know who knows your husband could be deployed. I mean, you, you never, you never know, or you're by yourself and, um, there's just so much to it. And, and there are companies out there that will pay you your full salary for maternity leave because most maternity leave is only a percentage of your pay. It's not even your full pay. It's not even like, right. you know, you really actually, for most people, that's not an afford, you can't even do that. Um, but there's just something about, I think women's mental health, if they felt like they didn't have to juggle the world, um, that they could come back into a role, but so many then decide not to. Um, and I feel like that's what happened after the pandemic too, right? So many women were put out to just like 
well, you do it all. Do the childcare, do, you know, you teach your children. You. I was not in that mode because I have like little toddlers that were going to a, like a home in-home daycare that never closed during COVID because she was private. <laughs> she oh, could do whatever man. she wanted. I went to work. I technically was an essential worker because I worked for someone who built homes. <laughs> um, so my life didn't really change that much then, but for the women that it did, and I think now the statistics are women like going back to work um, it, we're like back to the early eighties of how it was, like how many women were actually working in the, you know, um, because so many decided like they didn't want to do both or they can't do both. They just, their mental health cannot handle it. Um, and they're just, you know, living that way. But, um, but yeah, it's something we need to figure out because like you said, I worked for a small company and if I was the owner of those companies, I'm not sure what I would do either. I think what, there's, there's some models of like kind of how PTs rotate. Um, you know, there's those, right. those kind of rotating things and maybe that needs to be more in the conversation of like how, you know, with remote workers, I mean, it's a lot easier. You don't have to have an overhead. Right. Um, you can help people set up independent contractor, you know, you can do some different stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a challenge, but I just think the more we can add to like women's health and overall well-being, um, it really sets up the whole society. Yeah. So how did you dream up the business that you created? Yeah. So I think, you know, it was evolving process <laughs> and I think it's always evolving, right? I don't think it like really changes, but, um, for me, it was all about travel and being connected with others is just so inspiring, so rejuvenating. Um, and to bring that all together for people with my expertise and my, my, you know, my background in the travel industry, um, you know, allows, especially for retreat leaders to come in and not feel like they had to do it all. <laughs> you know, they can actually come in feeling like ready and revved up rather than coming in feeling so depleted. Um, and so that's, that's, what's really fun is I get to use like my knowledge, my background, and a lot of people don't have that knowledge and background. And so it takes them that much longer to plan that much longer to figure things out. And then on top of that, they're all supposed to come into the retreat with like all the juicy stuff, right? Like they're what they're trying to teach or lead. Um, and you don't want that to go the wayside because that's what your attendees are there for. Your attendees mm -hmm. are there for, for you as the host, for your expertise. They're not there because you're a travel person like you know like they're there because they they want to be inspired and rejuvenated by by the host you know leader so um i just take all that burden away and but it also just adds a lot of excitement to to my own life too i i really thrive on finding like the perfect accommodations and making sure the itinerary actually flows so that you're not like ooh now we have this gap of time um you know now we need transportation to this other thing, but we don't like, it's not all perfectly set up because I didn't, they didn't think it through, you know, um, because it, there's just a lot, there's a lot of details, but the power of getting away, um, and then learning at a retreat and then taking that back home, um, can, can really transform people's lives. And I think for me, that's what I really wanted to create was how do I transform, um, but also lend like a helping hand. Like I like to think of it as like, I'm offering my service, um, because I know it's going to help you facilitate like what you're trying to facilitate in your retreat. I love that message of 
having somebody else do the work of setting up the retreat so that you can come with the energy that you need to share with the attendees. That's what they're coming for is for that beautiful energy that would not be there if you're burnt out and stressed out from planning the event itself. Yeah, exactly. And think of all the other things you're doing, like in your day to day, they're right. most likely they're running their own business for most retreat leaders, you know, <laughs> they're either a coach or a spiritual leader, and they're doing like their own thing with their business. Then they also need to plan, like I said, like the juicy part of the retreat, and then also live their life. <laughs> so there's like all these other components. And if I could come in and be like, all right, let me just guide you through this process. Here's some options. Okay. Like let's not overwhelm you. Um, and let's just get it done. You know, I think that's what it is too. It's like a dream for a lot of people, um, because they have no idea where to start. And if you have someone who's guiding you along, you're literally just making decisions. Um, and, but with the best information. <laughs> so, you know, I've already done all the painstaking research. Now yeah. I'm presenting you options. Now you pick. Um, and then you just kind of start to like check the boxes and things start to flow. That's awesome. I think that sounds like so dreamy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to plan an event that way. I know someone um, who planned a huge event that was out of state and launching her business and launching a podcast and all, all of these things at the same time. And it was a fundraiser. It was a crazy amount of work and hearing her talk about it made me tired because I can't imagine having to do all of those things myself. And she, I believe she did most of it herself. So I wish that I had been able to recommend you then. <laughs> I mean, she may have had some help, but I, it sounded to me like she was doing quite a lot of it on her own. And it was a lot in addition to another job that she was still doing while she was launching this new business. If you're like most small business owners, you've invested in one or probably many platforms to support your business, but maybe you aren't sure if they're doing what you want them to do or you don't have the patience or the time to figure it out. You need to spend time doing what you do best, helping your current clients and attracting new ones. I can help. With my new program, The Audit, I'll take a look at your current processes and platforms, such as welcoming new subscribers to your email list or onboarding new clients for coaching, courses, or memberships, automations that you can set and forget. I also perform audits on brick and mortar businesses from scheduling to order fulfillment to inventory. Let me save you time and money by reviewing your processes and platforms to find the most cost-effective and efficient way to automate processes that allow you to run your business without reinventing the wheel with every new product or offer. I'll provide a written report with recommendations for optimizing your current platforms, and if appropriate, offer options that would simplify the process or reduce your costs. And you'll have access to me for a month after the audit to ask questions during implementation. Click the link in the show notes to get started today. What so far has been the hardest thing about being a business owner? Right now, it's an interesting season because I have two toddlers. So um, that has just been a new like change of pace for me. Um, and to realize like every day is going to look a little different. So um, that shift is is a big shift from someone who who would leave home to go to an office 
and now my work and my life are blended together. Um, it's so amazing for that to happen, but I'm also just trying to figure out through different trial and error, um, mm. of figuring out like what works, how do I still be present with my kids? How do I still get my work done? Um, and you know, every week looks a little bit different where there's some routines that are kind of starting to like go into effect that are helpful. Um, but I'm realizing, you know, I always consider myself like a morning person. I want to get up early and like, and now though, like I've had to kind of adjust that a little bit now. It's almost like, well, I know the kids are going to be fully asleep. So now I work later in the evening, but I don't beat myself up now that I didn't get up early, you know? And then, yeah. but then there's some days like today I hopped on a call at five 30 in the morning, um, because they were in a different, you know, time zone. And I was like, okay, that's, this is what today looks like. That's all right. Um, and just kind of having to flow with that. And that's just a whole new shift. Um, owning your own business is being more flexible with yourself, um, realizing you just need to fit things in when you can fit them in. And they're not going to always be like perfectly set aside time. <laughs> um, but that's just, yeah, it's a new reality for me. And, um, but I'm, I'm working through the kinks. <laughs> yeah. I think that's such an important message for our listeners to hear is that it is okay that every day doesn't start at a specific time and end at a specific time, because I don't think that business ownership works that way. And especially when you have a family at home that you're taking care of mm-hmm. as um, a business owner as well, that your days are going to look different. And the benefit of being a business owner is that you have some flexibility with how you spend your day and making sure that you have the time that you need to take care of the family and the business. It's a, it's an ongoing balance that I know all business owners have to do, whether you have kids or not, but it really is important for people to hear that they're not the only ones that are dealing with these decisions. Do you have any advice for other uh, mothers that are entrepreneurs in in balancing that or, or finding a way, obviously you're still in that process, like you said, trial and error, but if you have discovered anything fabulous so far, let's hear it. Yeah. I think what really has just come to me and pretty recently is, you know, without taking care of myself, I don't take care of the business either. So everything that I do for my own mental health or physical health contributes to my business. So, you know, one of the things right now I'm all about napping and my kids still nap. I have a four-year-old, he still naps. So the idea that naps go away, they don't, I've been napping since I was a a toddler. (laughs) Like, I mean, I've been really net, like I napped through high school, through college. I know I did. And that's what made me like thrive. Um, but the napping had to go out the window when I worked for other people. So for me taking care of my, like my body, um, by now I can fit in more runs. You know, I don't have to wake up super, super early in the morning because I have to rush off to the office. Um, so for me running, you know, making sure I'm eating throughout the day, um, hydrating, you know, all those those like basic things. Um, but when I take care of myself, I can help take care of my business and my family. Um, and that's, that's like the big change that shifted me is, um, I was just taking care of everyone else and taking care of someone else's business, um, and then not taking care of myself, um, because it didn't feel like the cycle responded in that same way, but when it's truly your own business, like if you are not healthy, 
or in a good spot mentally, um, how are you going to, you know, work with clients? How are you going to make money? So um, one thing really does lead to another and it's just, it's a full circle. So one thing can't go out the window. Um, They are like coexist. You make a great point of when you're working for someone else, like how, whether you're aligned with the job that you're working or not, if you're in a situation where the atmosphere does not have the nurturing feeling of, hey, it's okay for you to take a break. Obviously, most businesses, when you're working in the office, they frown on you bringing your mat in to take a nap um, or curling up in your cubicle. (laughs) It's a lot harder to take care of yourself when you're in that situation, when you're working in an office particularly. Um, So it's good that it's so important for us to recognize that taking care of ourselves is also taking care of our business. And it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, I mean, I one thing that I realized though becoming a parent was um, that I had to instantly like stick up for myself and otherwise it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So that was something that I realized was like, it's not just about me now, it's about taking care of my child. Um, and another human being. And, you know, one story that comes to mind, like really made me be like, you have no choice, but to stick up for yourself right now. Um, I had started the new job. I was still like, I needed to pump at work. And in a lot of organizations, that's like not a thing. Like when you work in a city and there's these big corporate things, yeah, sure. There's a pumping room. Like it's normal. There's a lot of people, but sure. when you work for these tiny little companies, it's, no it's not, like, they may not have, they may not in the last 20 years had anyone doing that, you know? And I remember there was, there was a closet space. It was a big walk-in closet, but it was full of like office supplies. And it was like absolute mess. And I remember being like, I have to clean this closet because I have no choice physically. I have to go in there and I have to pump. And it was like the first day, you know, and I'm like at a new job and, but you realize you're like, I have to stick up for myself. And then when like the burnout really started setting in, um, I discovered meditation and it was like a game changer. And I remember the same thing. I had to go to my boss and say, I need 15 minutes every day. And cause we would mostly eat lunch, like at our desk anyway, like there wasn't like a lunch break when same thing, when you work for a small company, it, it, there's not this big structure, like at big corporates. Um, and I remember same thing. It was like sticking up for myself. I need 15 minutes. Like, what does that even do to anyone's life? Like for me, it was life-changing, but for like the company, why, why would they care? Right? right. And, but it was hard. It was hard to like close the door. Thankfully I had a space to do it, to close the door and lock it. So people wouldn't even try to come in, um, to ask for 15 minutes was like pulling teeth, you know? And yeah. thankfully it was, it was well accepted for the most part, but every day you still cringe. You're like, cause you know, no one else had asked for it and no one else was sticking up for themselves, but you're like, I'm going to do this because I know I have to take a break and close my eyes for 15 minutes and meditate. Um, And when you're in an environment, especially with older women who unfortunately were pushed to do everything, Mm -hmm. um, like basically anyone that was raising kids, like in the nineties, early two thousands, eighties, you know, um, they weren't given any opportunity and they couldn't even ask. I mean, for the most part, it was very difficult to ask. And so they're like, well, I didn't have that. I didn't, you know, there's that comparison and it's like, well, look at you now. 
Are you healthy? Are you happy? Like you're completely fried because your lifestyle was ridiculous. Um, but you get a lot of that pushback, even from other women, which you're like, the women should be your cheerleaders. They should be like, yeah, rock on. Like you need to take care of yourself. But there's a lot of that old past history that people feel very jaded by the experience that they had. And they don't think that it should change or that there was for them, there wasn't an option. Um, and now I feel like a lot of women now are like, no, not okay. Not doing that. Um, but that's one of the biggest things with starting my company is I needed more like aligned sisterhood. <laughs> I yes. needed more women in my side of the court. And I realized like I was in an environment that I wasn't getting that. And I was like, this can't be it. Not every woman is this like competitive. Um, I don't need to be around that kind of vibe anymore. Um, because let's align ourselves with, with people who, you know, have the same values. Absolutely. It's so interesting because I was going to ask you that. Was there anyone in that space that was resentful of the fact that you had asked for and received permission to do your 15 minutes on your own? Oh, I feel, yeah. yeah. I feel like I completely understand that concept of the people who had been there before. And I mean, this is not even a remotely a similar comparison, but I'm the youngest of five kids by 10 years between me and the next. And they all grew up, the four of them together, which meant that my parents didn't have a lot of money. They started young and that they were a lot of things that they didn't get to do. But by the time I was a teenager or not, not even by the time I was like 10, everybody was out of the house. I had mom's time all to myself for the most part. There were things that I got to do they didn't get to do because it just wasn't possible. And so I completely understand. See, I think the resentment is very similar. (laughs) I remember my sisters going, I get to do that. Yeah. And then you just realize though, it's like, it's timing. That's how life is, right? It's like by chance sometimes. um, But I think there's just a new, like, there's just a new awakening to like, what's realistic for people and what's sustainable. Like, I mean, you don't want your employees to be burnt out um, and you want it to, to thrive, but it's the same thing, really. I mean, if you're, if you have employees, the healthier your employees are, the healthier your company is. Um, So it, it just all like roots back to that. But like I said, being around people who don't have the same values that, you know, maybe don't think what what a joke meditation meditating is you know like a lot of people don't get it I didn't get it until I started doing it and I would I remember when someone suggested I was like what are you talking about like what are you talking about and when I started to practice it and get more into it I was like oh now I get it but um there's like an openness to like learning and developing and I want to be around people who are who are more you know open to learning and are not just so like this is how life is like, you know, I, I am just like the total, like positivity, optimist, um, life can be whatever you want to, you know, create. I love that. So have you found your tribe of people to surround yourself with that, that encourage you to do those things and understand it? I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, 
like I said, kind of changing and evolving. Um, But recently, yes, like I am fully aligning with people, even just virtually. There are so many opportunities for networking now um, through Zoom. I use like basically one platform. I use Instagram because I'm too overwhelmed to like figure out the rest of it. Um, I'm sure I could, but I just focus on one thing. (laughs) And the amount of community I feel just with that, um, which I never would have thought, you know, when I had like a personal account, eh, it was okay. You know, it was fun to share with friends and family, but when it's a business account and, um, you're able to just connect with other like-minded people, um, and then network and then join courses and, um, you start to realize you're like, Oh, I'm not the only one. Like there are a lot of people out there that want a shift in their lifestyle, um, and a shift in like the conversation of what life could be. Um, so yes, I just recently, I would say in the last like several weeks, things have really picked up as far as my ability to be around other women, uh, because it can be lonely when you have your own business too. Like that's a big factor yes. in it. Um, so finding like that kind of tribe is pretty essential, at least for me, it is. Um, I love my alone time too, but it's, it's really great to be inspired by other people. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that we need community, even when we are people who need our alone time. And like you said, being a business owner can be very lonely. And so even just surrounding ourselves with other women who are, you know, down for the the lifestyle, but also that agree with building that lifestyle into their business is a magical thing to have. And, you know, there are men that get it as well that are out there and we've met. um, I know uh, one of our mutual acquaintances is, is one of those people. And I just think it's so amazing to see that. And, um, and I absolutely love that you're finding it and especially virtually, I think there, I have some really great friends that I've only known virtually and mm-hmm. I can't wait to meet them in person, but I feel like I've known them forever and we've only met online. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what it is. It's just like showing up as your authentic self yeah. um, is so freeing. And, and then you start to find those other women um, or men and you just, you're like, oh, it just is such a refreshing feel after feeling like you always are in these other companies that yeah, you might align with some people here and there, but it's nice when you can just always be surrounding people, you know, with people that are aligning with you or challenging you too. They don't always have to be like right in line with you. Um, but there's a shift when you're choosing who you're around. <laughs> then yes. when you show up at a job and you're like, I don't, like, yes, everyone has a choice, but no, I mean, the job is what the job is. And so sometimes you decide, well, the position is worth it, but like the environment's not that great or vice versa, like environment's great positions, just okay. Um, and that's why I think when you own your own business, you get to do both. <laughs> yes. Uh, which is so amazing. What does the future look like as your business evolves? What, what do you envision? Anything that you haven't done yet that you see in the future? You know, I think um, just really right now is making sure I just keep things simple. 
have my one, you know, my really strong offer out there of like, this is what I help you do. That's kind of what I'm sticking with. I would love to expand our family a little bit more. I would love to eventually, um, you know, once a year, I probably will host my own retreat um, as a fun way to incorporate all the things that I know and can do. And um, I love that. And also big part of it is going on other people's retreats. I think that is, I just think retreats are so uplifting. Um, and, you know, the goal too is like financial independence. I want to travel more. I want to show my kids the world. We just went to Scotland um, with our toddlers and wow. it was amazing. And the, my four-year-old talks about Scotland all the time and my two-year-old. <laughs> and they always say they want to go back. It's so cute. And I'm like, I would probably go somewhere different, but um, I love, I do love Scotland. It was like so magical and I can't wait to go back. Um, but I'm all about traveling and like doing my own thing. And um, there's just so much freedom that comes with owning your own business that really the world is like my oyster. I mean, there's just so many possibilities ahead. Um, I still love being at home though. I love to garden. So there's all those other little things um, that are all part of it, right? It's all like intertwined. And I feel like my personal goals integrate really well with my business goals too. I love this idea of just taking the time to travel and enjoy your, your family, hosting your own retreat, Absolutely. Of course, that makes sense. Because if you have all this experience helping others, you're going to see the things that they're doing and what you want to incorporate into your own. I love that. That's really yes, great. Absolutely. And like, there's just so many fun little parts of the world. I mean, even in the United States, there's so many amazing rejuvenating places to go. Um, and I think the change of scenery makes a big difference, I, I think, in my life awesome. I'm going on my very first retreat this fall and I'm really looking forward to it and just having the experience. It's only a couple of days, but um, it's magical. It's one of those places where I'm going to be seeing people that I've only met virtually before. So I'm really very excited cool. about it. Yeah, Look that's so fun. It. And it's, it's just so fun to like you said, like you connect in person, um, you know, the virtual thing is really fun, but then to like, take it to the next level and be like, Oh, hi. And like, give them a hug. <laughs> like, yeah. it'll be so nice. And then like those like late evening conversations that you get to have. And, um, and it's going to be fun. I bet for you, because you'll almost, it's like catching up with an old friend you haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Um, and diving in even deeper, you know, into like your relationship of like, Oh, how are, you know, how's your family? And, uh, that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's exciting. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, and it's been really wonderful getting to know you and learning about what you do and just your, your life experience. Amazing. Um, and it's interesting. I'll, I'll go back to one thing that you mentioned just to sort of hone in on this idea of having those connections of the number of podcasts that I've done, I have found that everyone has a connection that has helped them get through difficult times, help them align. Um, even if it's just one person, that human connection is so, so important. So I'm so glad that you're finding that, uh, and in your own way, you know, in people that you can connect with authentically, because I think that that is the other part of it is not just people connection, but the connection of people that you can be authentic with. 
Absolutely. Yes. So important. All right. So you mentioned that you are on Instagram and I think it's um, Seek Wild Travel. Any place else that you want to send people on the internet to find you? Or connect with yeah, you? Yeah, um, you can seekwildtravel.com is also my website that okay. describes, you know, a little more detail. I'm also a travel planner. Um, so I I do love also planning people's trips. And there's so many busy moms out there mm-hmm. who are always the ones planning the trips. Um, and so I can also take that off your plate <laughs> if you want to plan a family trip or a girlfriend getaway or you and your husband. Um, so travel planning. Um, but the retreat side of it is like the majority of what I do. Instagram is the best though. Send me a direct message. I'd love to chat. I will put those links in the show notes so that people can find you easily. No excuse not to travel now. You have Anna at your fingertips. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate this conversation. Thank you so much. I love being here and I love following along on your journey as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I know there are many podcasts you can spend your precious time with, and I'm so grateful that you came here today. Connect with Anna on Instagram at Seek Wild Travel or through her website, seekwildtravel.com. You can find me on social media at I am Sarah Larson or at my website, sarah-larson.com. That's Sarah with an H and Larson with an E. Links for both of us can be found in the show notes. The number one way that people find podcasts is through the recommendation of a friend. If you liked this episode, take a screenshot and send it to someone you think will enjoy it or share it on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can give you a shout out. A great way to say thank you is to leave a five-star rating, or even better, leave a review with your impressions of the podcast. My desire is that as many people as possible will be inspired by the stories shared here, and your support helps spread the word. Thank you, friends. See you next time.